Hello, welcome and happy Easter. It's great to have you with us on Easter Sunday. We trust you're having a great time at home with the family and you've had a great weekend. You've had plenty of chocolate bunnies and you've toasted a few hot cross buns. It's great to have you with us today. We're going to be unpacking the theme of Exodus and talking about God as deliverer. So why don't you turn with us in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3 verse 7. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. In this scripture, God has come to Moses and he is announcing a new day. He's telling Moses that he's about to deliver his people. He's going to rescue them from the Egyptians. And that word rescue means to deliver. Mm. And it's interesting that deliverance always means war. We see that in Exodus 1 verse 12, where it says, the more the Israelites were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. And so the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. Yeah, that's right, Keith. It's, it's really interesting, isn't it? We, we ask for multiplication. We ask for the year of acceleration. Mm. And with that comes oppression, contention. Um, it, it's an amazing thought. And yeah. I've discovered in my life that advancement is often birthed through warfare and contention. Mm. We pray for more of Jesus. We say, Lord, come, increase in our lives. And he comes. And when Jesus comes, often there's warfare attached to it. We say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth. And then all of a sudden, everything begins to shake around us. That's right. And uh, we need to understand that that it's, it's a good thing when the shakings come because God is increasing us. You know, the other thing about war is that we discover a part of the nature of God that we've never seen before. Mm. God comes as the warrior. And that's why this season in our lives is so important that we're discovering God as the warrior. God is putting his qualities in our life and that only gets discovered on the battlefield. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other thing about the deliverer is that for God to deliver, he needs to raise up deliverers. And, uh, one of the things about Moses as the deliverer, he perceives that he's being called by God. Now, God must have placed in his heart this deep desire to deliver. And all of a sudden, he, he decides he's going to act on that prompting of the Lord. And he sees an Egyptian mm-hmm. and he beats him silly. He puts him in a full Nelson. <laughs> he does. And uh, we find the, out in this story that it, the, uh, the Hebrew ends up by dying. Mm. And uh, the news goes out in CBN that Pharaoh hears that... Uh, that this guy's been taken out. And so Pharaoh's not excited about that, as you can imagine. And Moses takes off to the wilderness. Mm. Uh, God's raising up a deliverer, but Moses is stepped out too early. That's right. And it's interesting. If you study scripture, it always takes years for the Lord to prepare people That's right. for their assignment, their anointing for the mantle they're going to carry. God's timing is important. It took 27 years for Abram. It took 22 years for Joseph. Timing of deliverance is always critical for God. Yeah, it's a tough lesson to learn, isn't it? Indeed. And one of the interesting things about this story is that there's God's time and man's time. And so we read in Genesis 15, 13, Keith, that God's time for Israel to be in Egypt is actually 400 years. That's the timing of God. Mm. And yet Exodus 12 says that they actually were there for 430 years. That's man's time. So it's a bit odd, isn't it? God says you're going to be there for 400 years. Man says, or the the reality was that they were there for 430 years. And we know as we study the book of Acts, 
that Moses was in the desert for 40 years. Mm. And so 430 minus 40 equals 390 years. So it looks like Moses took it into his own hands to try and bring deliverance when the timetable of God was 390 years, not 400. Mm -hmm. It was 10 years too early. And so he had to then wait for 40 years until God was ready to free Israel. Mm. And so we see here that, that Moses cost Israel 30 years. And so it looks like the timetable of God started again when Moses was in the wilderness. Mm. So it looks like 10 years before the end of the wilderness period, God's timetable came again. So that tells us, that when God raises us up to do something great for him, the timing is so important. Absolutely. And if we don't get that right, we can be years in the wilderness mm. waiting for God's time clock to start again. Mm. So, yeah, it's an interesting thought. Absolutely. The other thing is, as I look at this story, is to see how God uses Moses to deliver his people. Mm. Do you want to read to me uh, Exodus 3 verse 19 that illustrates this? Yeah, I would love to. Exodus chapter 3 verse 19. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptian, Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards his people so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Mm. Amazing. So what we see here is we see that God, he is taking down the strongholds, the principalities and powers of Egypt. He's taking down the power structure and the false God of Egypt to deliver his people. Yeah. And there's a couple of examples that we can talk about. The first one is the plague of boils. I don't know if you've had a boil. <laughs> I but, haven't, but no, uh, not too good. Doesn't sound fun. But in Exodus chapter 9, verse 8, we read about the plague of boils that God was dismantling the power of the Egyptians to heal. They were famous for their, their healing. Mm. And uh, one of the rituals that the Egyptians used, I don't know if you know this, Keith, but they would offer up a human sacrifice on the altar. Wow. And then they would take the, the ashes of that sacrifice and they'd throw it in the air. And then when the ashes came down, they believed that each one of the ashes would bring healing to people. Wow. And so Moses takes a handful of soot and he throws it up in the air. And it's like a uh, confrontation to all the belief systems of the, of the Egyptians, bringing them down. Mm. Amazing, isn't it? That is amazing. And then we see again in the plague of darkness, which is in uh, verse 21 and 23, we see God exerting his power over the chief God of Egypt. The chief God of Egypt was the God of the sun. Yeah. It's actually, it's interesting that Pharaoh's name means sun God. Yeah. So this was, this was dealing with, with the massive, um, sorry, the principality of Egypt. This dealt just the, the death knell for yeah. Egypt because That's this right. was, he was getting them where it hurt here yeah. because this was their chief. God, the God of light, the God of the sun. So he brings the plague of darkness. Yeah. So one after another, all these power structures of the enemy mm. brought down. And it culminates where God then comes and he visits through the angel and takes out the firstborn mm. right through Egypt. And it's interesting because I have this sense that what was taking place was in the line of Pharaoh, there was like a, a demonic spirit that possessed each pharaoh down the line and was passed from the firstborn to the firstborn. Oh, yeah. And what was taking place is that as God took out the firstborn son of Pharaoh, he was breaking the succession and there'd be no more expression of that spirit that would take mm. place. So one after another, wow. all coming down, the mightiest nation on the planet brought to their knees 
by a mighty man of God. Amazing. Isn't that exciting? So it tells us that God is our deliverer, that all these strongholds in Egypt can be a picture to us, that there are many things that we face, challenges, strongholds, the enemy comes against us. And what we find here is that God is able to deliver us from every stronghold that we face. Nothing's too hard for, for God. Egypt, the mightiest nation of the earth, brought to its knees because God is a deliverer and he raises us up as deliverers. Isn't Amen. that amazing? It's amazing. Yeah. Praise God. And then we, we see from that where God delivers them. He delivers them into a new day. That's right. So we see God's pronouncement over the Israelites that a new day has come in Exodus chapter 12. Why don't you turn with me there? Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, where God announces the Passover meal and a new day in the calendar. God says, now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. And it is to be the first month of the year to you. See, God here is signaling a new day for the Israelites. They've been under Egypt's calendar, under a calendar of slavery. And this here, he's wiping the slate clean. And he's saying, this is a day to celebrate. This is day one of the rest of your life. Happy birthday. Indeed, indeed. And this is clearly a picture of salvation, isn't it? What occurs to, uh, what occurs with us, sorry, when we are born again, we go from slavery to freedom freedom. God marks it in the calendar that we are now a clean slate and that a new day has come. And through that is the fullness of God, the new creation man to possess and new promises to hold. And so God, you're talking about a birthday, he celebrates with a meal, the Passover lamb. You're going to have lamb this Easter? I think I might. (laughs) Good. And he brings in the Passover meal. And there's so many amazing pictures that we're going to unpack here. So, Andrew, why don't you read for us Exodus chapter 12, verse 8. Yeah, sure. It says, That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Mm. Amen. So yeah. we see here the celebration of a new day that God has brought to the Israelites. And there's some pictures here that are amazing pictures for us today that tells us of our position and what we can take hold of for this season. So the, he says here, the Israelites are to roast an unblemished lamb with fire. So the unblemished lamb is clearly Jesus. That's right. He's our unblemished lamb, a lamb without sin and defect. And because we've received him, we are now unblemished, amen, without sin That's and right. defect. And it's interesting here, I, I read this, so the Israelites, when they would roast the lamb, they would hook it through the mouth and its posteriors and they would place it on a wooden spit and they would roast it over a furnace. And once they did that, the lamb would take on the appearance of one being crucified. It's an incredible picture of what Jesus did for us at the cross through crucifixion. And then he says here that the lamb is to be roasted with fire. So God is very clear on this, not to cook it with water, not to eat it raw, but to roast it with fire. Yeah, that's right. And I think, Keith, that fire is a representation of the judgment that was placed upon Jesus mm. for us. Wow. He, he absorbed all the fiery wrath of God and totally, completely, mm. and there's nothing, there's no more judgment, there's no more condemnation. We are free because of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's an incredible picture. And then with a new day comes a new diet, wow. so to speak. And God says that they are to eat the lamb specifically with unleavened bread. And this is a picture of what accompanies the lamb of Jesus when we receive him, the truth and grace 
of his word. Amen. So for the Israelites, they have been feeding on yeasty bread, the deceptive food of the Egyptians. They've been, they've been held captive. There's been a mental stronghold. And now God is saying it's a new day, a new life has begun. And now you are to eat only unleavened bread. You are to eat my truth, my grace, and my promises for your new season. And this is a great picture for us that out of acceleration, out of the birthing of a new day comes the fullness of, and sorry, to be involved in the fullness of the new day, we are to feed on the truth of his word. We are to eat nothing but unleavened bread, the grace, the truth of the cross. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and the Passover meal shows us here, in particular, the fullness of God, that God has a new day, a new day for us full of his promises. And we see this in Exodus 9, verse 10, with the instructions of how to cook the Passover lamb. And maybe you could read that for us, Andrew. So what verse was that? Uh, verse 9 and 10 of chapter 12. Uh, 9 and 10. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some of it is left till morning, you must burn it. Sounds tasty, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Eating the full lamb. So again, this is another signifier of a new day. God instructs the Israelites to consume the entire lamb, the head, the legs, and the organs. And the lamb here is Jesus. And God is saying through him that we get access of a new day of being completed in him, perfect in spirit, made whole. And we now get to partake of every part of the lamb every part of Jesus where the fullness of God resides in him. So for us today to operate in a new day, to accelerate into the promises of God, we had to spend time feeding on Jesus because out of this, his promises are birthed and we walk in the power and the authority of God. Amen. It's a great picture. It is great. This is a precursor, an announcement of salvation for the Israelites that is coming and then salvation comes through the last plague and the blood on the door that we see in verse 12 and 13 of chapter 12. And maybe, Andrew, you could read that for us. Yeah, sure. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and I will strike down every firstborn of both people and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Amazing. It is amazing. This is an amazing story. And on the surface, it sounds like quite a dark day. There's oppression. There's a, there's a battle going on. But through it is the incredible victory that we see today. Right. And there are three things in this scripture that we need to call our attention to. And that is the lamb and its blood. It is the act of the Israelites painting the blood on the door. And then it's the destroying angel that passes over. This is a picture of salvation, isn't it? It's amazing. And one thing to call out particularly is the Israelites' faith action of painting the blood on the door. So for us, our lamb is Jesus. And the door often in scripture is a picture of the heart, isn't it? It's a picture of the heart. So we don't physically go outside and paint the blood of a lamb on the door. You you don't need to go to Hillsville and pinch a lamb and kill it. Now you've already painted the blood on the door of your heart, amen. And now when, when the angel passes over, he's looking for one thing today, and that is the blood painted on your heart. That's right. He's looking for um, someone who is aligned with, with his promises, amen. God, all that God is looking for is the blood that says that we are aligned with him, we are his people, and we have access to his kingdom, amen. That's what he wants for us today. Okay. And a key to receiving the promise of operating in the new day 
is to paint the blood. We're professional painters we in this season. So the, the Israelites, God could have just set the Israelites free, but no, he wanted their partnership. He wanted relationship through faith action. So he asked them to apply the blood to their door. This is like us. We are to apply the blood. When at salvation, we applied the blood and received from Jesus. And now we have access to his promises and to walk in them. It's yeah. the same thing. We yeah. are to confess and apply the blood. Uh, Hebrews says that, that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Right. And Paul writes that to receive a promise today, all that is required is a faithful proclamation. So I just want to encourage you today that you are called to be a painter this season. Amen. That God has given you a new day. He's cleansed you. He is birthing you, his fullness, his power, and his authority and the promises of God. And like the Israelites, we apply the blood of the unblemished lamb to the door of our hearts. And then we are set free because God passes over and he sees a people that are aligned with him and his promises. And that's where a new day comes. Amen. That's good, Keith. All that is required is to be a painter this year, Mm. a painter, and we Mm. activate an acceleration. So why don't we do that now? Why don't you join with us while we take communion? And we're going to paint the blood. So I want you where you're sitting to to paint the blood of Jesus to an area of your life where you want deliverance, where you want a breakthrough, where you want activation of God's promises, whether it's your finances, your relationships, or your ministry. Paint the blood as we take communion. Shall we take communion? So thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that you are... You are our Savior, God. I thank you, Lord, that in your body is the fullness of God. And we consume you. We consume you today. We eat eat your bread today, Jesus. We eat your your body and we say thank you for what you've given us. Thank you you that we have fullness and we have promises through you and you've given us a new day. Amen. And I thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you that you are our unblemished lamb. And I thank you, God. We apply the blood today, Jesus. We paint the blood over our lives, over the air where we want breakthrough. We paint the blood and we say that we are aligned with you, God. We are aligned with your promises. And we take communion today as a faith action or that it is a new day and of the activation of your promises in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. So let's drink the blood. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a new day. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's good, Keith. So we we find now that a deliverer has drawn near, a new day has come, and the exciting part now is that a distinction has been made between Egypt and Israel, between those that are part of God's family and those that are not. It's Mm. not that God loves people less if they're not part of his family, but when we come into the kingdom of God, there is a clear distinction made Mm. over our life. We have now come into a season of incredible favor. And I'm really excited about that. So Mm. Keith, why don't you now read to us from Exodus chapter 11, verse four to seven. This is an amazing passage of scripture. Absolutely. So Moses said, this is what the Lord says, about midnight, I'll go through Egypt. Every firstborn son of Egypt will die from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn son of the female slave who is at her handmill. 
and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. There will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there ever has been or ever will be again. But among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any person or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. Amazing. As God's children, there is a clear distinction. Amen. Yeah. Did you get that, Keith? Not a dog Not barking. a dog will bark. Not one dog. <laughs> it's a good so, night's sleep. So on one side of the camp, there's terrible wailing and crying, pain. And on the other side of the camp, not even a dog, not even Blackie the dog's getting up <laughs> and barking. Everyone's having a great sleep. God made a distinction between Egypt and Israel. Amen. And there's a couple of things I want to look at when we talk about distinction. You know, Keith, God made a distinction, firstly, over Moses and his life. Yeah, the Bible says that each and every one of us are called by God, set apart. We are uh, a, a peculiar people, it says. You know, we're not ordinary, that we're marked with great distinction. The moment you come into the kingdom, you are chosen by God. And we see the same with, the mo with Moses. His life was set apart by God. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with Moses, in Hebrews 11, it says that by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months yeah. after he was born. They put him in ISO. They quarantined him before it was cool. Yeah. And, but it was because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So they, they recognized that there was a distinction on Moses, that he was favoured and set apart. And that's important for us today, isn't it? That we need to know today that we're not doing it by ourselves, that's not right. by our own strength or our talent or our own connections, but there is an active force of God's favour in our life today. Yeah. And you know what's interesting, Keith? Not only was he put in isolation, but later on in life, Pharaoh's daughter pays Moses' mum. It's like job starters allowance, <laughs> you know, to <laughs> yeah. stay at home. The 750. That's it. And so... There's this distinctive favor that's on Moses and his family. You know, others are stuck. They're, they're, in a, you know, they're losing their children, but not Moses and, and his family there. They're going from success to success. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. This favor that's upon Moses right from the very beginning. And we see that there's a distinction made over Moses and his family. Mm -hmm. But there's also a distinction made over Israel during the plagues. There's all these plagues happening, but with Israel... God makes a clear distinction over their life. Keith, you may want to read now in Exodus chapter 8, verse 22. It outlines this so amazingly. Yeah, yeah. We see, well, we see a definite distinction here. So it says here, But on that day I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there, so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in his hand. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will occur tomorrow. And the Lord did this. Dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the houses of his officials. Throughout Egypt, the land was ruined by the flies. I bet the Mortein stocks rose in Egypt that oh, year. Oh, mate. I don't know about you, but I, I hate flies. And <laughs> I can just imagine because I've been fishing and got the bait out and there's all these flies around. And I, I say to God, why did you create these things? <laughs> I mean, this is why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the, on one side of the camp, we've got millions of flies. The Egyptians are covered in flies. And on the other side, there's no flies. And, you know, I imagine the you know, Israelites, you know, passing the error guard <laughs> to the Egyptians because they were just out of their mind. And we see here this amazing story that God's putting a distinction between his people and the Egyptians. Mm. And so God's saying to us, what defeats other people is not going to defeat you. And so often we, we listen to the bad news and people are losing jobs or things are happening. And we think, well, that's going to be our lot in life. But the truth is God's made a distinction between us 
and everyone else. We are highly favoured. So we see in this story, one group covered in flies, irritated. Their dogs are covered in flies. Their children are covered in flies. And on the other side, not a fly in sight. And so God's saying to us, don't worry about your future. Don't worry. I've got you covered. There's a clear distinction between you and everybody else. Isn't that exciting? It is amazing. And, and we see in Exodus chapter 9, verse 4, another distinction, another example of it. It says, but the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and that of Egypt, so that no animal belonging to the Israelites will die. The Lord set a time and said, tomorrow the Lord will do this in the land. And the next day, the Lord did it. All yeah. the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one animal belonging to the Israelites died. Isn't that amazing? It is, you know, and I'm thinking about livestock. I'm thinking about cars. Indeed, yeah. In our modern terms, you know, you turn on the engine of the car and it just keeps it running. It keeps going. We don't have to put unleaded 98 in. We can just do 91 That's it. and it'll run. So we see this amazing distinction between the children of Israel and Egypt, everything they own, all their possessions, all their livestock, it just kept going and going and going. Mm. And so that's a great feature for us today. There's a distinguishing factor over our lives. We believe today that when we buy stuff, it doesn't break down. Mm. We believe that everything we touch, God's favor is upon it. Our whole, our, how, our whole household mm. is, is just favored by God. Amen. Well, that's right. It reminds me of um, Psalm 91, which is a scripture the church has been using in this season that it says that a thousand may fall at our side, yeah. 10,000 at our right, but no disaster will come near us, no harm will befall us or come near our tent. That's As right. an example of supernatural favor in times where there is opposition around us. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? And God's promised us in his word that he says that we'll get houses that we didn't build. Mm. I mean, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, we're all in for new houses that we didn't build. You don't have to go through all the stress of the design and paying the bills and vineyards that we didn't plant. Now, mm. I know, Keith, you'd like that. Oh, I, I love a good rosé. Yeah. So houses and vineyards. So what, what he's saying is there's a distinguishing factor over your life. Amen. That, and because of that, we can pray massive, huge, big faith-filled prayers today because mm. we know that God's favor is on, upon our life. See, many Christians don't act like they're favored. No. And, you know, the promises of God are faith activated. Mm. And so, you know, what I've begun to understand is the longer I've been with the Lord is that you get what you believe. And mm. if you believe that you're highly favored, guess what? Mm. You'll be highly favored. favored. If you believe you're just like everyone else, you'll be like everyone else. And so God wants to bless us. God wants to pour out his favor upon us. In fact, there's another example of that in Exodus 12, verse 36. Have you got that there, Keith? I do. I do. It says, The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people and gave them what they asked for. And so they plundered the Egyptians. That's incredible. A transference of wealth. Yeah. Mm. So I'll take all your toilet paper. <laughs> I'll take all your pasta. I'll take uh, all the stuff that you've got. Brown gas rice. Gas bottles. Brown, uh, brown rice you can keep. But they came in and they plundered, you know, and some people say that what they were getting there was 400 years or 430 years of back pay mm. with interest mm. that God did that. There was a, a distinguishing factor. God had set them apart. Mm. And so I want to encourage you today, church, those that are listening today, that God's favor is upon your life. And it may look like the enemy has ripped you off. It may look like you've been working for years and you've lost so much stuff. But this promise, Keith, it's for us today as well. Amen. That when they left, they plundered the Egyptians. You know, I think many Christians, Keith, would have 
said, you know, thank you, Lord, for delivering me. Uh, thank you for the Passover. Thank you. I'm going to heaven. And that's now, it. That's it. Let's <laughs> get across the Red over. Sea. But we're not expecting too much more. But not the Israelites. They wanted the gold, the silver, the livestock, the Mercedes Benz. And the toilet paper. <laughs> that's it. We'll take the lot. And so that, that encourages us again today to, to believe God for all. You know, Amen. We talk that's about good. the lamb that, that, that was her. Um, sacrifice all of the lamb. Jesus gave everything up for us. And now he wants us to exercise faith to believe for everything back. We honor God by the size of our faith. Mm. So they plundered the Egyptians. I want to encourage you today to plunder the enemy's camp. Don't accept sickness and disease and lack. Believe for great things in the Lord. Mm. You know, the other thing we noticed right at the very end, Keith, is Hebrews eleven twenty nine? Do you have that one there? I do. I do. It says, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Yeah. We see this here, this favor. That's right. They were drowned, drowned, drowned. Mm. Down they went. <laughs> and, you know, that tells us that, that there is a distinguishing factor over the lives of the Israelites they were able to do things that no one else could do. Other people attempted to do what they did and they failed. And so that tells you and I today that God has set us up to do mighty, mighty exports. Other people will try to do it. They won't know how we did it. They'll see us doing it and it'll be so simple. You know, they just walked across the sea. Mm. It wasn't hard. God did all the work. They just walked. Mm. The Egyptians tried to do it. Didn't work. And so that's the distinguishing factor. We'll do things with ease that others can't do when they try with all their might. Amen. They were on their chariots. They had their turbocharged chariots <laughs> and they still couldn't get across the other side. The Israelites walked just mm. simply and they got across the other side. So I, I want to encourage everyone today, and I know you do too, Keith, yeah. that God wants to make a distinction over your life. And as we celebrate Easter and the Passover, remember these things that the deliverer has drawn near and that not only does he want to be a deliverer to you, but he wants to cause you to be a deliverer as well. Mm. The, the second thing we talked about, Keith, was a new day has come. Amen. And uh, we encourage those listening today, if you've never accepted Jesus into your life, that there's a new day coming for you. Mm. And the Bible says that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And we're going to tell you later on how you can make that decision to follow Jesus. Mm. And, and that can be your day today. Amen. And thirdly, we talked about a distinction has been made that the moment you ask Jesus into your life, you become part of the family of God and God's favor is upon your life. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Absolutely. So, so, so why don't you pray, Keith, for everyone today absolutely. as we draw this to an end. Amen. So let's get ready to receive from Holy Spirit today. So I thank you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We thank you. We love you so much. We thank you that the favor of God is in our lives today. I thank you, Jesus. And I just release a fresh wind of your favor, God, yes, on your Lord. people. I thank you that in this season you've called us to be Red Sea crosses and that it would be done with ease because Amen. your favor is on our lives. Yes. So we thank you, God, that you've called us to cross over to the other side into your promises, yes. into a new day of deliverance, of authority and the favor of God. I thank you that you've set your people apart, God, to have the distinguishing features of the kingdom, mm. to have multiplication, to have increase, to have joy 
and peace. I thank you, Jesus, that there's an acceleration on your body and we just release an acceleration. Like the sun shines, it would be seven days in one in Amos. I thank you for that, God, for a supernatural favour in people's lives today. And we thank you for a fresh encounter with you today, Father. Yeah. We release that and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we bless everyone today. We say have a blessed Easter and may God's favor be upon you today. Have a great Easter. See you soon. See you soon.